please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. Welcome to Wired Shut. Hey, welcome to Wired Shut. Hey. He's your host, Logan. I'm your host, Jesse. I'm your host, Logan. He's your host, Jesse. Mm, he's right on that front. Uh, welcome. I did I actually... I didn't backwards it. You didn't... You Son of a... I'll fix it in post. <laughs> Fuck it. Wait, did I backwards it or didn't I? Uh, oh, I never listened to the episode, so it's fine. Um... Just like everybody. You can tell. <laughs> I probably should, but I don't. Not fully. No, I, I, I do I and I don't. For you to. Um, I wouldn't. No. Well, you just delegate that, right? That's why we had yeah. interns for an episode. Well, two episodes. Uh, two? Uh, like a, could we, before a we, season? Before <laughs> we, we pretend we like those? we had content prepared for this episode, can I just <laughs> say that... Uh, one of my flatmates listened to an episode at random and she's like, I was really unhappy with it because you, like, all these other people started bagging on Sigourney Weaver and Meryl Streep being terrible actresses. And I'm like, hang on, first of all, I don't remember us ever discussing, <laughs> nor would we take that point of opinion because... I would. Well, you know, and then she was... It was probably me. Well, that's the thing. She was like, like, it was like <laughs> all these people would just keep saying all this shit about them. And I was like, what do you mean all these people? There's only ever been one real episode with multiple people. Was it an intern's episode? And she's like, yeah, probably. And I was like, yeah, that was probably the interns. There was more than one of those, wasn't there? Oh, there's a column episode. And then there's the, oh, two, yeah. then there's the two intern episodes. And I know column didn't talk about Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that was an intern's episode. It's like something I'd have brought up to be a prick and then it snowballed from there. <laughs> you would have thrown it out there. And I think they would have really hammered home how much they had. Some, I think I remember um, your the, the vaguely Mexican one. Um, uh, Mick. Yeah. I remember him ragging on Sigourney Weaver because I remember his voice saying that name quite a lot. Sigourney. But I'm not going to go back and listen to that episode. But I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I listened to one of your episodes. And I hated it. Because <laughs> she's, she's like a theatre type. Ah. And she's like, how dare you? And she's English. Oh. So it was a good time. Is it what? But, <laughs> what? But, and I'm throwing it out here right now that if she ever listens, listens to this episode, she also watches yeah. a TV show called The Librarians, which is garbage. Have you seen it? Hell no. Oh. It's like bad Doctor Who, but worse. <laughs> First off, Rebecca Ramar. <laughs> First off, let me find you a... There's literally in the first... Not even the first episode. It's the first episode of like a later season. IMDb a 7.3 out of 10? I don't know. But there's literally an episode where like the episode she gets introduced is like the companion type to the librarian. So actors like doctors who deal with all this magical bullshit that isn't oh, at all is interesting. Oh, off of that librarian movie series? Yes. So, in the first episode that she gets introduced as the um, companion type, you know, he introduces himself and disappears off into the ether and he's all goofy and then she's running through a hallway and goes, hang on a second, library? Librarians, of course! And then carries on trying to solve something and I'm like, wait, that was literally a line in the show. 
Was the word library? Librarians. What? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Like it, it was aware of its own show name, or? As in, like, she was trying to put pieces together to solve something, like a mystery, and she put the word library to the word librarian and realized, hang on a second, these two things are connected. And that I've was been told a to joke? go to what? No. It was taken, that it was said very seriously. Um, she discovered she needed to go to a library and she was like, hang on a minute. Somebody two days ago told me they were a librarian. Librarian? Librarian? Of course. You're not joking. No. It is now a punchline in this household. <laughs> what? How? I, I, it's just not a good show. It's like what Community did with their Doctor Space Time kind of parody of Doctor Who. It's like that, but they actually made it a show. I, I checked out a Community like less than halfway through once I sort of realised it was never going to go anywhere. I mean, it, well, yeah. Like is this? Like all the other good Chevy Chase vehicles, unfortunately, this one didn't go anywhere. I mean, this the the trailer makes it seem like there's sort of an Ash versus Evil dead element. Are you telling me no? It takes itself literally. Yeah, it's got this tongue-in-cheek kind of um, Doctor Who kind of um, charisma to it that it's trying to put out there, but it's not actually achieving any of that. It's got the most boring Doctor from ER playing the playing the librarian type, and he's all goofy and weird. I was like, oh, this is weird. This doesn't work. I don't believe you. So, is it an adaptation? No. I don't. Why is there an Australian Asian? There's yeah. There's an Australasian. Australasian. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> there's a word for this. Australasian. Yeah. We just librarianed <laughs> ourselves. <coughs> Well done, team. Um, yeah, there's a um, Australasian type. He's uh, a thief, I think. I don't know. Um, there's a, a woman who <laughs> literally, and I'm not kidding, you know that, that meme of The Hangover where um, Zach Galifianakis' character has all those formulas running through his head as he's trying to piece things together? Yes. And it's all just gibberish? That's literally her superpower. She sees things in mathematical formulas, so that same sort of like mathematical bullshit flying past her face as she's realizing shit actually happens in the show, and she gets like overwhelmed by it. Ah, uh, uh, yep, it's phenomenal. Who? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I, I... So the same woman, my flatmate, who and I'm calling her out here at this point, uh, def yep, yep. defends. Obviously, Meryl Streep and Sigourney Weaver for their acting talents also defends this show for its caliber. Sigourney Weaver is a horrific overactor for a start. I mean, what movies has she been in except Ghostbusters? I mean, and Alien. Um, what was the one? The one that was like uh, the Tim Allen Star Trek movie? Space Quest or something? Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Um, Avatar, she overacts. 
Not everyone did in that though. Except, yeah. except ironically, the main character. Who's <laughs> <laughs> just the wrong amount of underacting. Well, it's just, I mean, um, there was wooden is a word <laughs> that comes to mind, but yeah. Avatar, you know, the forgettable Giovanni Ribisi vehicle. <laughs> An obtainium? Of course. <laughs> I, 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 As opposed I, to I, all those memorable Giovanni Ribisi vehicles. Hey, he had an Amazon Prime show. <laughs> oh man, I'd, I'd watch anything he was in. Don't get me wrong. I think it's called... Something... Giovanni Ribisi's... His first name's not even Giovanni. It's his middle name. Fucking lie. What's his first name? Not, e- not not Antonio, but Antonino. So I'm right. His name was Tony. I pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah. He pulled I'm that out of his of Giovanni. And what do you think right of what Rabisi. they've shown of Witcher so far? The Tevis show. Uh, all the stills and things. Yeah. Whether it's going to be any good? Yeah. Um. I mean, the actual stills they've shown since the initial screen test oh much better much better much better um, like those initial shots of him was like oh, oh no yeah everybody's whinging that his medallion is different and that um he's not wearing two swords at the same time but as they quite rightly pointed out swords are heavy and in real life you just leave one of them on your horse until you need it exactly but to be fair, he's all, also meant meant to be a uh, yeah. superhuman kind of thing. So why wouldn't he just carry? I, I don't know why you wouldn't just do it, eh? Yeah, like. Also, yeah, the medallion is way more. I mean, if there's a, like it's a one of those things. If it gets enough kind of guff, they'll just um, CG it in. <laughs> Fuck! I hate the modern age. I know. <laughs> that said, we need to just start um, CG and colour into things. <laughs> Just deep fake column into whatever we can. Uh, All to remake that bore identity um, uh, <laughs> casting scene. Does it even follow what's going on there if you watch that? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> but I want to remake that if we ever get the opportunity to remake one of our stupid, shitty things that we made. It's the yeah. bore identity. Because it. I don't know. I that that was long before I had any concept of me personally having any affinity for filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was a me and Cullum vehicle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I was a part of it. Yeah, but I of course didn't you know anything about. That, what was I think going that on. was your um, your introduction to working with us to do that kind of shit. Yeah, because yeah, they're like, no. hey, we need to make this, and we can't be in it and hold cameras. <laughs> We need a yeah, third person who can it, also talk this l- bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think oh, that it, sort of coincided with me actually starting to hang out with you two. If I remember it correctly, which I'm not, um, I think we signed up for that film thing before yep. we started hanging out with you, but we started hanging out with you before we went to it. So we, you couldn't go because you weren't yeah, in the no, media I, studies I course. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. See, I didn't even know it was school related. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all paid for by school. Ah. Which is ridiculous now that I look back on it. Like, the number of things we just put our hands up for and they paid for, which is bizarre. Oh. Like, the photography thing with what's his name, old Kevin <laughs> wants to kill himself. Conroy? 
Milne? Cape I don't know. Con- <laughs> Cape <yeah>. Conroy. Conroy. <laughs> did did he he told a story about wanting to kill himself to a room full of high school kids, right? Yeah, and he said the only reason he didn't do it is because his daughter interrupted him. Yeah. And another near-death experience where he lived through like an hour of his life, but while upside down in a car while it was going through the air. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he's like, cool, now just go lie under a table and close your eyes. (laughs) I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) What we now realize is that we should have tried to buy drugs off that dude. Yeah. Because he's... I mean, whether he was on prescription drugs or <laughs> something would have been available. That's what also weirded me out looking back on that experience. Not all of that. That was fine. Like, it was weird, but it was fine. Yeah. But that they had two dedicated people a year above us. I think it was like... Um, yeah, there were a couple of year 13s from the year 13 photography class facilitating that but just like providing food and drink and stuff and like taking That's care right. and they're like taking uh, care of him footage and shit didn't they yeah yeah um it was very weird because all we all we saw of it was them show it coming up and bringing in like food and water and changing things like they were um were, helpers were, it was they, very were they his or were they i mean sorry were they part of our school or were they yeah yeah i remember who they were i just don't want to name them oh okay for, for the sake of naming them but um yeah, I remember exactly who it was. It was... Um, oh, shit. One was... Sorry, you just check your messenger. I just told you who it yeah. was. Yeah. Mm. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. The other one was... Uh, not that. Taller. I hope that helps. This is this makes good for good for radio. Not. This makes for good radio. Um, yeah, that was an interesting experience. Um, look at us reminiscing on all these things that our listeners can't relate to. <laughs> and this, honestly, do we even enjoy them? And we're not even explaining what they were. Um, no, that's a fair point. Ah, oh, we must it. No, maybe not. No, we didn't. Um, Should we never talk about any of that? Uh, we might have, in passing, talked about the idea of uh, that stuff, but, you know. Well, this is riveting, let's move on. Yeah. Watched anything lately? Um, um, the Candyman series. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. You were forced to watch the original. Oh, forced as a stretch, it was basically just my girlfriend. Well, I'm assuming you're in some sort of sub-dom relationship and you are not the dom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, out. <laughs> I don't know. I know what's um, behind that glorious ginger beard. It's a weak chin, you son of a bitch. <laughs> fuck. Um, what was the question? We, we... Sorry, I just searched Candy Land instead of Candy Man. So no, I thought you were searching weak ginger chin. <laughs> I mean, this so is our episode title. I'm just going to note that down. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, so she found out that a Candyman remake was coming in the near future. There's a 2020 Candyman movie coming. And the same actor is reprising his role as the Candyman. Tony Todd? Yeah. Is it uh, being developed by old Clive Barker? Is he dead? Uh, he's a writer, but Jordan Peele is involved. Ah. Well, because um, the original Candyman was written by Clive Barker. It was a... 
It's his story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and what interested me about Who's English? It, Did you know Clive Barker was English? I did not. Mm. Okay. Um, so it, it... What I thought Candyman was was just another slasher movie, and I was aware that it was just like a black dude with a hook. Oh, yeah. So it. I thought it was just like white teens trying to run away from the scream man but instead of the scream man it's just some black guy yeah that's all i ever thought it was as well like yeah it was um pinhead but or like hellraiser but with a black guy and it didn't help that all the stills i'd seen he was dressed like basically looks like a some sort of pimp type character <laughs> like i'm pretty sure he's wearing a, a fucking uh a, a, a fur coat for no apparent reason wait is it wait were you watching a cat williams stand-up special I mean, I've seen a few Cat Williams stand-up specials, but pretty sure I didn't mix them up. Okay, cool. So, well, what's it all about then? So, the first one first, is... Before we continue, are they actually worth watching? Watch the first... I mean, if you love a good spiral into nonsense, watch all three. But the third one is like... Like, if you took what's gripping about the room out of it yeah. and made it a horror movie, yeah. that's kind of Candyman 3. That's Halloween H2O. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's good compared to this. Oh, okay, cool. The third one has a main character who she's somehow the worst actress in the whole film. Um, the first she looks one does? Sl- the third one. The oh. first one actually is Virginia Madsen. Oh. Is the main character. She's good in things and sometimes bad in other things. So interesting. I mean, she's fine in this, but she's doing the best, I think, with what she had to work with. Basically, it's mm. a... Um, Do you think they cast her because Patricia Arquette was in Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> was busy at that time. Yeah. That will not be, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Can we get a um, Patricia Arquette equivalent? We got Virginia Madsen. <laughs> Perfect. Um... Candyman is like a known, like, urban legend, urban legend. entity. Yeah. Yeah. She is a university professor studying, or like a grad student, it's hard to tell, mm. studying him, studying a bunch of urban legends. Yeah, oh, urban legends, okay. Because he's an artist who was murdered. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's but. an artist, and then the second movie, I'm pretty sure he's a slave for some reason, and then the third movie goes back to being an artist. Huh. Because he's the son of a slave. Yeah, yeah, and they like it's deep south, and it's like clearly meant to be set in an era where people could just freely lynch black people. Right, right. But also, he's an artist oh, who's hired okay. by the richest man in town to paint his daughter. Right, and he bangs their daughter. Yeah, more naturally. Well, they they fall in love, but the the premise from the get go makes no sense. Mm, mm. If if you're that racist, you don't trust a black man, even an artist, to go hang out with your daughter. Right. Yeah. Um. And that always. And then yeah, I swear in the second movie they turn him into a slave. Like every single movie has the same scene where he gets lynched, and it's different and reshot every movie. Huh. Uh yeah. Horror movies tend to do that, which is really weird. It's like. You didn't recast the actor. Why bother? I don't know. They probably didn't have the rights to use the footage from the previous movie. In the or same the director's scene. like, no, 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 no. I've got my. I really want to film a lynch scene. I really want to get this done. 
I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm reading some of the backstory behind it that they were actually were really worried about even making this film before it was made because it because of the racial tones and they were really well, worried about stereotypes. If you did this right, which is what excites me about Jordan Peele being involved, yeah. it it is a movie that's about two things at the same time. One yeah. is white people's um, genuine fear of black people. Yeah, just just white people being afraid of black people from just a lack of understanding and a lack of exposure. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's also about just how recent it was that mm. black people were even worse mistreated than they are now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it's... And so the, that on paper should make it an amazing horror movie. Mm, mm. But it was but the it, 90s, so, so other things happened. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. somehow it just boils down to white woman hanging out in South Central for... She's trying to investigate this murder of a girl that. Yeah, which it looks like was that was the source of inspiration for the story in the first place, which was um, about the murder of somebody from a housing project in Chicago. Right, and then she works out that her own housing project, actually, her own apartment was actually a housing project that got, um, like I think the project got to shut down and redeveloped or something. Mm. So she works out that she actually lives in a. Yeah, I'm reading one of the quotes oh, about the development of it, and they said, um, uh, I had to go and have a whole set of meetings with the NAACP because the producers were really worried, so worried. And they said to me what, when they read the script, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just good fun. And the argument yeah. was why, the argument from the NWACP was, why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? Why shouldn't a black actor play Freddy Krueger or Hannibal Lecter? If you're saying that they can't be, that's really perverse. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the act of you being concerned was actually more racist than just And the fact that they it. were thinking about that in 1992 or like the 1980s was like really odd. Like I can imagine them trying to develop this movie now fresh and having those same thoughts. But Hollywood's always like to pretend it's more woke than it is. And actually completely missing the mark and being completely tone deaf and being overreactive with its PC It's culture. woke when it's just... It's woke in the sense of it's lots of rich white people patting each other on the back yeah, for how it's, woke uh, they political are correctness to. that's tone deaf. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you, I mean, granted, people are saying us wasn't very good. I didn't see it, but it's um, like, did they talk to the president of black people, Jesse Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters, really. That that's exactly what that that yeah. The, I mean, you're you're referencing that. Um, what's it called? That South Park episode, and that's exactly what it's about. That, mm. It's, it's just racism and ignorance that's trying to masquerade itself as being open-minded. People that have the best intentions end up with the, being the worst kind of culprits for that sort of... Yeah, and he's he's not... Bullshit tokenism. He's not like a slasher bad guy, he's more like a Dracula. Like Phantom of the Opera type, because I'm seeing that reference so to he, as well. He just is like... He basically has it in for hot blonde women. Right. Okay. So anyone else says his name, he'll just turn up and kill them. Yeah. Yeah. But if a hot woman, hot blonde woman, hot blonde white woman, um, like invokes him, he turns up and is instantly sort of reminded of his dead woman from back in the day and um, tries to get her to become his like ghost wife. Right. He Beetlejuice well, is At okay. least that's what it implies is going on. I don't really know. But then the second and third movies, he's still doing that, that, but those women are direct descendants of his. Oh. 
Which is even more confusing. Very. Yeah, so he's like trying to seduce his own great-granddaughter and... Which is even more Beetlejuice of him. Okay. Great-great-great-granddaughter. Can we just um, confirm that the abbreviation for a hot blonde white woman is an HBWW? Or an HBWW? Okay, cool. HBWW. But for Virginia Madsen in this one, which is the most coherent of the three, it's still shit. Yeah. But it's the most coherent. Um, well, it's a Clive Barker piece, so... Yeah. <laughs> Midnight Mood Train. Well, this... <laughs> this movie also has Ted Raimi in it. <laughs> as a random yeah. character. And what's more, Ted Raimi is the... Um, you know, it does like a... It shows the story of the initial murder. Um, and it's oh, this yeah. girl who... I'm just looking at all these supporting she, cast like, members. She cheats on her boyfriend with the cool hot dude from school. The cool hot dude from school is Ted Raimi in the leather jacket. <laughs> okay, that's our episode title. Uh, let me write that down briefly. Hang on. Uh, it won't make it that long, but the cool hot white dude, dude from school is Ted Raimi? Question <laughs> mark. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'm reading the cast for this, and I'm like. Rimey? Oh, Ted Rimey. And then Culkin? Oh, Michael Culkin. And then Schwimmer? Oh, Rushdie Schwimmer. Oh, it's like famous person? No. Okay. Well, like famous person before they were truly famous? No. Yeah. It's just no. like their distant relative. <laughs> was his name the director's brother? Ron Howard, Todd Howard, no, not Todd Howard. Uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Ron Howard, ugly brother. <laughs> I mean, it'll work. But it's, it's Clint, Clint Howard. Clint, Clint. It's even an ugly name. <laughs> is it Clint or is it Clint? It's, it's Clint. If it's a lower clay case, if it's a lower place, it's Clint. Place, Clint. If it's upper place, it's Clint. Um. So when he he basically <laughs> he, just sorry, there's an actress in this movie, yeah, yeah. called Rusty Schwimmer. <laughs> Give her the old Rusty Schwimmer, am I right? Who was best friends with Virginia Madsen, so that's obviously how she was in that movie. But um, <laughs> so do. I mean, she was in a movie with Alfonso Curran, and she was in Ed TV and The Perfect Storm and North Country. All these Virginia Madsen pieces. But yeah, her name is Rusty Schwimmer. <laughs> oh. Okay. So what? She actually is Virginia Madsen. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's uh, looks like a bit part kind of character actor. Um, I also noted that the quality of this film can be determined by the rant. This movie was scored by Philip Glass, like who's like experimental minimalist musician. Doesn't necessarily do film just film scores, but does film scores. Okay. Kind of like. So. Uh, he's... It's it's, like I don't think they didn't try. Yeah, yeah. But this also is a movie that really reeks of a time and f- place where. Um, so the guy who did the music for the Truman the people Show people making the, hours. the movie didn't understand black people very much yeah yeah um but yeah cause he takes a shining to her he just kills everyone she comes in contact with instead of killing her uh, which is yeah that classic black people fear that you know 
this white woman's going to run away with this black person and we're going to lose Which contact is, because he's going to force these people away from her. Yeah. yeah. And she, her best friend and, like, study partner is a black lady who at no point does, like, the... Yeah, it's 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 as much a cliche as it is a, like, time-honored truth that black people are just, in at least in pop culture and in jokes and things, mm. averse to following white people into clearly dangerous situations that white people will only go into because white people have no concept of what it is to be in danger. <laughs> yeah, and, which just lends itself to the, hey, um, let's just take the magical out of the magical Negro trope and um, have this person just follow somebody to the ends of the earth for no other reason than the fact that, um, you know, one's black and one's white. We've paired them together. Yeah. yeah, she she's like her best friend, and she stands by her. But eventually, it should get to that point of when her friend's dragging her into a slum that has creepy shit painted all, all over the walls, and like gang members are asking them weird questions and trying to harass them. That she should just go, nah. I ain't yeah. doing this. From the story point of view, you've got to um, kind of let her that supporting friend experience the same sort of weird horrors and oddities that the main character is experiencing. But so that she's on board for that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd have to make it feel justified that she's willing to follow yeah. her, but instead, like she does manage to pull her back to a certain extent, but mm. not not enough. But I'm guessing she dies. Yeah, the supporting character. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, so he he kills everyone basically the same way, which is to, in his words, I think it's jam his hook in their groin and pull upwards until he. Um, it comes out their gullet. Nice. So he basically just unseams people, be it front uh, or back on. Foreplay. Yeah. Um, I read that he, um, he genuinely got stung by those bees for the film, but he just wrote into the contract that for every time he got stung, he got an extra $1,000. So he ended up getting stung 23 times. So he made a call, cool $23,000 just for that scene. Fuck. I hmm. mean... On top of what like he was getting paid? Because, I was going to say, as long as he... I hope he got paid enough because I feel like a lot of other actors would be pulling like 10 G's per sting or yeah one one K per sting actually like because that's, like that's technically the film is just put him in his 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 uh, what's the word compromised his personal safety yeah yeah I don't know um well I read it, um it, it, speaking it doesn't of beasting make any sense what's his name Brian Cranston in the episode of Malcolm in the Middle where he got uh, like covered in bees for like one scene he, he yeah. genuinely just did that like they're like no 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 we can just seed you into it we've, we've worked it out it's fine and he's like no no just do it it's fine cover me in bees he's <laughs> like I'm down I'm never gonna do that again so why wouldn't I just do it fair enough and they're like there we go your funeral yeah. what? what what was that <laughs> yeah these killer bees man they're cheaper. <laughs> they're, they're not unionized. It's easier to get. <laughs> Was it Africanized bees? Well, these are ununionized bees. <laughs> Still heavily Africanized, but, you know, <laughs> they work to scale. Yeah. Um, they don't... And that's bee scale as well. Not, yeah. Know, no, not human scale. And they do have that... Um, it's the Bee Actors Guild. The bag. That, that, that scaled exponential strength. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they're showmen, what are we right? doing here? <laughs> they communicate by dancing. They're showmen. 
It's uh, this is true. We're mixing hard facts with stupid jokes. <laughs> Welcome to Wired Shout. <laughs> I'm your host Logan. He's your host. Oh, starting an entire new didn't. episode from scratch, mid episode, and <laughs> make people wonder whether it's in the era. And you still um, fucked up the mixing up of the names. Uh, you're the mixing up. Of, shut up. Yeah. So. Just shut up, shut up, he, shut it up, just shut up. Shut these up. people get killed, and she's always left with a... Like, he basically, you know, maybe... Like, one scene, I think he sort of nicks her with a knife. Mm-hmm. And then he lets go of the knife and then kills her friend. And so she's holding a knife with blood on it We've when all the cops there. turn yeah. up. Okay. But... And every time he turns up, she goes into, like... Like, her eyes start rolling, and she starts mumbling and shit, because mm-hmm. he's putting a spell on her like that's what I meant by the whole you're more like in like child that kind yeah, of that chanting yeah okay um, that classic Virginia, Virginia Madsen kind of <laughs> <laughs> speaking yes. tongues in a movie exactly cool. okay. um, she she gets pinged for all these murders like she's doing them when people are being like like they're Virginia Madsen could not physically rip a person damn near in half with a meat hook. Well, does she have a meat hook subscription of some kind? Was she raised by meat hook uh, (laughs) factory workers? Was she the meatest of the hookers? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just this this whole movie is trying to sell the idea that she's being, like... Framed. Framed. Mm -hmm. And it's not until the second movie does it do that from the get-go or does it do it from like from the first murder do people start suspecting her or is it more like she's crying wolf of the stuff that she can't prove and by the the third or fourth murder people like hang on a second it's starting to seem like you're actually the one doing this and then crying wolf to get attention like what's well the the first murder isn't a murder it's a um a dog gets decapitated. Just a light and a, okay, sure. a baby goes missing from like the slum apartment, and she just wakes up in a pile of blood, holding a knife. You're describing my last Friday night, but carry on. <laughs> so she's not even a hundred percent sure whether shit's hitting the fan or she's just insane. Sure. Okay. Um, but then the second murder, yeah, involves like a person being lifted off the ground by a meat hook and then ripped from bottom to top. Mm-hmm. And the police are like, oh, well, that proves that you kidnapped that baby, you killed that dog, and you killed this woman. But it's just like, what, what, how, it's, the murder was clearly, like, if it, if it wasn't supernatural or unexplainable, hmm. it was at least done by a huge, strong person. Oh, okay. But, um, did they ever explain why he was called Candyman? Um... So after they chase him and then hack his hand off, hmm. then um, somebody thinks it's funny to take, like they pull some honeycomb out of a beehive and hmm. everyone's like weirdly sexually taking turns wiping um, honey all over the black man. Right, right. And then um, they all start chanting like things like sweets for my sweets for the sweet or whatever it is that's like his catchphrase yeah and then some like weird ugly pilgrim lady goes he he's a candy man (laughs) Uh, and then all of a sudden a 
yes, swarm of pretty shit looking um, either CGI or rotoscoped bees start flying over and just climb all over them. And, bees. Yeah. More bees, bees. please. Also, whenever he opens his coat, he's just got like a, um, like his his torso, his his lower torso has no skin on it and just has bees crawling all over it. Oh, lovely. So he's just got like exposed ribs and organs with bees all over it. Mm-hmm. And he keeps implying that if she just join him and happily die, then. But see, the the first one is a self-contained film with a clear ending because she basically replaces him as the Candyman. Right. Oh, okay, so she goes full Davy Jones with it. Well, she's, for some reason, able to kill him. Which makes no sense either, because he's moment-to-moment completely incorporeal and can float. Mm. Genuinely just a ghost. He's not anything except... Yeah, okay. Like, he he still manipulates and touches things, but he can make shit fly through the air, if I remember rightly, and he can... And, um... In the second movie, he's shown killing a person and then it shows like a security footage point of view and the person just lifts up in the air and gets like ripped open and there's nothing there. Huh, okay. Uh, but it still doesn't stop the dude that played Tim Allen's brother on Home Improvement oh, yeah. getting shot dead by cops. Perfect. When I think of somebody in a like low-budget horror film getting murdered, it's that guy. Um... Huh, Clive Barker is gay. Yep. I mean, uh, Cullum told me that. Because uh, I f- feel like we're having some conversation about something and the more we realised... Talking about all of the, fam- how... the famous writers that Cullum has had sex with and one of them was Clive Barker. Yeah. 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 Well, that and just how much of his... Not that that's gay people specific, but just how much of his stuff is based around like um, bondage and, and... that That scene... Yeah, and, and yeah. like leather stuff, and yeah, like I've still never seen any of the. What are the ones with the guy with the spikes in his? I head? thought you were gonna say I've still never seen a gay man wear leather. <laughs> I've still never seen a gay man. <laughs> uh, but a leatherman, yes. Leatherman, David <laughs> Leatherman. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. Uh. Okay. Um, have you watched um, that Jim Carrey Showtime show? Kidding? Him being good, a... good things probably will never watch it. Yeah, I only watched it because it was on the uh, on the plane to to Moscow, um, which we might save for a second episode. I think because we're like yeah, an we'll, hour we'll do a we'll do a story. To... Also, um, a travel piece. But um, what were you gonna say? Yeah. Also, I was gonna say Charlotte might join for you, the ladies, the lady. Yeah, well, I mean, she'll be... So Jesse's, Jesse's been in Russia, and I'm about to go to Cambodia. The Cambods. It's a holiday in Cambodia. Ugh. <laughs> oh. I only know that from the, um, like, 10-second clip that played on Guitar Hero exactly. 3 when you highlighted that song. I'm trying to think of an appropriate Killing Fields joke, but I can't think of one. I'm going to go to there! <laughs> Hooray! Hey, you there, Chinaman! Can you simulate the killing fields for my photo? Uh, okay, I might have to work up some sort of nickname for Charlotte, which which basically calls her killing fields something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, 
Yeah, that, that can be the name for the, the travel special. Uh. Charlotte sends Logan to the killing fields. Something, okay. Um, yeah, but kidding, you should what, like... Like to kill her field. Well, <laughs> <I'm right. laughs> That's my wife you're talking about. Hi-oh! Uh, Continue. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, do you know the premise of the show? So it's um, Jim Carrey plays a like TV show host, like Mr. Rogers, Pee Wee Herman type. Hosting oh, okay. the kids show. Has been doing it for like 20 odd years. Um, yep. So it's beloved, lives and breathes the kind of genial, approachable, always positive, always helpful always has a lesson to teach sort of approach to life. Um, but his son dies in a freak car accident. Right. Um, like his 10 year old or 12 year old son. Um, yeah. And, but he still tries to maintain that kind of, like a year later, still trying to maintain that persona for the show and live and breathe that as well. Cause that's all he's really ever known. Oh, so he's, he's just trying not to crumble the entire he's, time? He's fracturing at the seams because he's never allowed to truly express rage or anger or just, um, you know, uh, his wife leaves him because of the, the, it was too much on her, even though she, like, because she was the driver of the car. Right. It wasn't her fault as a freak accident, but she leaves him, so he doesn't know how to deal with that. He doesn't, she's moved on, um, like, sleeping with other people. He, he doesn't yeah. know how to do that because it's, like, it's completely He's against too. his character to just go bang someone because he wants to bang them. Yep. So you see him falling apart at the seams while everyone else around him is getting incredibly frustrated and um, openly, like, antagonistic towards him because of how how unwilling he is to actually deal with it, even though he's approaching it like he has dealt with it. Because uh, he's dealt with it within, within his persona, where it's like, these things happen and here's the lesson you learn. Yep. Um, but it's direct, a lot of the episodes are directed by Michelle Gondry. So it's, okay. it's very Be Kind Rewind and uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yep. With its approach. But with the because it's showtime, it's got the same kind of tone as Weeds. Oh, right. Where all the characters have behaved. Like, if you could probably argue that it existed in the same ser uh, in the same world, but there's similar actors in both roles. But like it's, okay. yeah, it gives that same sort of tone and people just talking shit. The sake of talking shit, yeah, but as um, sort of banter based, yeah, uh, not as heavy as like Vipers, but like, yeah, yeah, things you wouldn't necessarily ever say to another person get said to another person, you're like, oh, fuck, okay, cool, and then I meant to just deal with the emotional trauma of that, and it's kind of weird yeah. and quirky, and then someone develops some sort of weird tick that just keeps getting unaddressed because the person that's dealing with it doesn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> um, that kind of shit. <coughs> so what's what's it like episode to episode? Is it just the emotional journey, or is it like framed around making episodes? Or um, it's the emotional journey. So it's following him as he slowly kind of unravels that persona and starts to embrace just doing stuff he genuinely wants to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, he's worried about compromising the integrity of that character because he's seen as this guy you know he'll appear yeah. on an episode of conan and play a, a song with a ukulele about feelings and normally that would get laughed at but because he's such a mr rogers type everyone just loves him yeah um there's an episode which opens like six, four episodes and i think it like opens with his car getting um getting stolen and then completely torn 
and solve for parts. So it gets oh, complete, like you so show the process like in high speed of it being like completely stripped for parts until they go through the glove box and oh they go into the um the boot and they find this ukulele which clearly belongs to him because it's like a character in the show. It's got like yeah. a face and everything. Um, they all like all the people like working in the shop n- immediately know who it is and go oh go through the glove box confirm it's his car and go like nope 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 and then it fast forwards as they put the car back together drive it back to outside his house get out of it rush away literally as he's walking out the door to just start his day and so he never actually knows his car got stolen <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the episode opens it's just like that's how it starts that's awesome mm. I, I, it's, um, but it's, it's got something a good di- I'm aware of and considered giving a go I just haven't gone there yet it's got a really good dynamic though because it's like his his Wife's not in love with him anymore, so left him. He buys the house next door to hers to try to be close to his family, but doesn't tell her he's done that, so spends most of his time in this empty house um, watching what she's doing through his kitchen window while trying to hide the fact that he's looking at her through his kitchen window. So he's (laughs) preparing breakfast, but doing it in such a way that if he's approaching the sink near the window, he's kind of throwing things and hiding a little bit of Jim Carrey kind of slapstick to it, but it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, just tell her you bought the house next door. <laughs> um, and he's got like a ridiculous amount of money because he's like a, he's a celebrity. He's truly yeah. famous, but he never spends money. So he like for the first part of the show, he's living in this um, studio apartment in this shitty, like shitty um, university kind of campus area because that's where he went to university. So he's like, I'm just going to go live there again. Um, so he's surrounded by people getting drunk and just constantly blacking out outside his apartment door and he's like just playing that card like doesn't know how to deal with it except for I'm just going to take care of this person yeah and give them a life lesson and like he picks up this chick who's completely passed out playing um, scrumpy hands yeah um, with her hands taped to her to her drinks um, takes her inside gives her water and everything she comes on to him and he's like oh, oh, no, I don't know how to deal with this also, I've got no clothes, so I put on this this costume from the show, which is him in like a giant, um, I think it's like a ladybug costume or something ridiculous. And so she wakes up after blacking out in an apartment, which is dingy as shit, in a room uh. with with the like this famous kind of creepy genuine <laughs> um, kid show host dressed as like a, a fucking ladybug or something, just grinning at her. Shit. <laughs> yeah really well done he doesn't overdo it in his usual Jim Carrey fashion this that's what I'd be afraid of so mm. just thinking Jim Carrey but and he doesn't like he's obviously the main character of the show but it doesn't yeah. spend too much time making sure that you you know how much money they spent getting Jim Carrey to do the show ah, okay. it doesn't work like that it's literally it's got more of the Is vein of you know one Jim, of the show's creators yeah yeah and it's got yeah. more of that vein of like we know jim carrey kind of had a bit, a bit of a mental breakdown in the last couple of years and this is what happened as a result um <laughs> it's just kind of gone full tilt with it and just like, i don't care i just want to make this show because it's a good show to make which i assume it's at least slightly autobiographical too oh yeah it has to be jim carrey doesn't get to be jim carrey because he's playing the character jim carrey yeah yeah um, but it's got those Michelle Gondry tones of like, you know, they'll spend a, a bit of time actually showing you things of him doing stuff within the show. Yep. And so there's lots of stop motion, lots of animation, lots of weird bullshit, um, elaborate kind of physical scenes being laid out purely for the sake of a transition between one area of a set and another. 
sure. Um, yeah. Genuinely enjoyable. But then you realize he's trying to um, force the show to do an episode about death so that he can deal with the fact that his son died. Oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's, let's, like, if he doesn't get to do it, he'll leave. So they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And we'll just never air it. <laughs> so they do it. They, let, they, they bring this live studio, like the studio audience, for him to talk about this crazy shit. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. But we're going to just not tell him it's ever going to go on on TV. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, and I suppose how it is. Because oh, his, his dad is the showrunner and his sister makes all of the um, characters for the show, all the puppets and things. Yeah, and so he got his dad goes full tilt with it and goes, um, okay, this like uh, this guy's got like maybe another month left before he completely loses his mind. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's capitalize on what we can about him. Let's make an animated version of him. Let's um, make other like other language versions of him. Let's make a toy version of him, but without telling him. Like replace him in the case that he does end up just killing himself because we feel like he's going to kill himself. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, like the dad um, outsources a... Like they do a like a Mr. Whatever His Name Is on Ice kind of production and start that on. on. So getting yeah. a, like a famous female ice dancer to become him. Uh, wear a giant head like giant Jim, Jim Carrey head on ice and perform this on ice version of his show. Yeah. Uh, he, the dad, the showrunner outsources the creation of that costume to China to um, show how terrible a job they would do just to kind of guilt the sister using like a creative guilt to build the actual costume that would have inevitably replaced her brother. <laughs> Cause she's like, I can do it better. I don't want to, but fucking hell, look, if you're going to go ahead with this terrible Chinese version, I'm just going to make a proper one and try not to deal with the fact that you're clearly trying to replace him. Nice. It's a really well-designed show, and it's only like 80 episodes. Okay, I'm so far. Yeah. Did you watch Stranger Things 3? I did indeed. I binged to that this, uh, this weekend. Um, did I? Yeah. Um, did... So like first things first. Yes. Hopper's still alive. Yes, he confirmed that pretty much. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. David Harbour. Like they just asked him, "Hey, who's the American in the post-credit scene?" I was like, "Yeah, it's me." Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I assumed, but good yeah. to know. How did? You, why did you come to that conclusion? Because well, the very first, last thing you see him do is look at the portal. All oh, right, so he jumps into it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's not his first time in the Upside Down or whatever uh, it's called. Of course he did. He went into... Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Took his chances, yeah. And, yeah, then three months later, some American in Russia. That's mm, mm. not surprising. Yeah, yeah he's, he's all but confirms that. Um, holy shit, like, his acting in this, like, if I was going to pick a, a, like, a character that I could genuinely relate to more than... Um, it's usually him in each season anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, isn't it funny how if we watched this as kids, we would relate to the kids? Yeah, absolutely. But I relate most of all to him. To him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're not... To a lesser I mean, degree, the um, the guys who are now working shitty jobs post-high school trying to work out their lives. But yeah, I, I remember I would have liked my life ten being years at ago, that point. Yeah, 10 years ago, we would have been those guys. Uh, 20 years ago, we would have been the kids, but now, <laughs> yeah. because there's no in-between, there's no like 30-year-old characters, there's only 40-year-old characters, those are the ones we relate to. Yeah. 
And like, um, yeah, but holy and, shit, and, they do a good yeah, job on that. And obviously, him because he's not really acting his age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm chief of police. <laughs> I'm take this wine. Police, this is high fashion. <laughs> it's cutting edge stuff. Uh, do you think the quality's maintaining? The quality is the scope isn't necessarily like the, the yeah it's classic like second or third season kind of approach to a, a problem that keeps presenting itself is that you bite you know, there's a point where you potentially bite off more than you can chew yeah which is kids fighting a literal giant monster no one's really questioning it throwing fireworks at it and winning um yeah yeah it was fine like I really enjoyed it it was a good like I could. I bit clearly binge watched every episode over the course of a day, which I don't usually do anymore. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed it on that respect, but, um, but it's to me, it's 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 all that's like that's all Stranger Things has ever been. It's, yeah. It's actually really, really clever use of relatively low budget sets. Yeah, yeah. Like that Russian. Um, hallway set mm, that mm. they keep reordering and reusing yep, yep. actually looks quite crap if you really look at it yeah yeah but then you go back to season one exactly the same with the underground bits of the um the the agency yeah whatever yeah. so it's it's like yeah it's I, I suppose it's one of those instances where like as the budget like as the obviously the budget increases for each season because they've got that pull really that well yeah absolutely it's considered it's Probably the th it's the thing that probably made Netflix what it is. If we think about yeah, it, it's the I, I, thing. I give you that. I just it just doesn't seem like the actual. No, but like as the budget increases, the money's increase. no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like the budget doesn't really go to the production; it's going to the cast. Yeah, that's like true. that's where the money's immediately going, which is fine. They're getting you know, as you see, like every great TV show, like historically great TV show, first couple of seasons, the people look fine. Um, but like season three or four and five where they start to hit their steam and they become like the best show on television. It's like, yeah, these guys are clearly now getting paid money because they just genuinely look younger than they did when they started. Yeah. <laughs> they look yeah, more famous, more rich, more rich. comfortable. Yeah. Um, skinnier, healthier, and just better yeah. looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same sort of not, stuff. Not as... David Harbour though. He's, <laughs> he's bringing like, like full... just normal guy fat to TV. Genuine and dad. And I, for one, am for it. <laughs> yeah, that genuine dad bod of the 80s yeah. of a guy who lives in the fucking forest and no one questions it. <laughs> yeah. He's the chief of police and he lives alone in a forest in with a forest. girl he found in a lab. He's <laughs> no clearly one... an alcoholic. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, you don't get that body without drinking every day. <laughs> and no. what, like if you're the chief of police, he's like in a small town. You're not on your ass every day. You're no. out. You're out there. But he's clearly drinking every day if that's the body he's got as a result. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably eats. And yeah, I watched, didn't they show basically eats TV dinners every day? Yeah. Um, I watched um, Hellboy. Why on, does on his the daughter planes. instantly go to that other family the second he's gone? That's what I. Oh, I tried to work that out. I was like, who would adopt this? Surely it would go back to. Like, it's a conflict of interest for her to go to Mike's family because, like, they're basically mouth banging at this point. But that's, well, yeah, and, that's and, where but they. But Mike's parents don't understand any of what's going on. That was what I uh, took it to be. That yeah, it's um, been three seasons. Winona Ryder is the only parent who actually understands what's going on. True, it's been three seasons, and they still don't actually know. 
No, what's it was the. And they probably I don't quite actually liked know that, that she was living their... in their basement the entire time. No. Yeah. Because they they did that at the fairground when they crossed paths and like they couldn't be bothered and didn't like couldn't convey the urgency of what was going on to those other parents. Yeah, exactly. It was um, just like, a, hey, have you seen this program? Yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. no, I'm sure they'd be around. Uh, my, I think my, apart from David Harbour, I think my favorite character is Mike's dad because he just genuinely just doesn't give a shit about anything that's going on around him. He's a king of the hill character. Schlob man. <laughs> yeah. Schlob man with a hot wife and like genu- doesn't seem to actually give a shit about anything going on but still manages to maintain a healthy relationship with his wife, even though she's clearly too good for him. I mean, she was, like, she just, the the comfort and genuine love in her circumstances trumped her being hot for that teenage dude. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, but she did want to bang the teenage dude. Yeah, that's true. She but went out of her way. She's got to be, like... 15 years younger than her husband surely like if not it's like she married him for reasons beyond our understanding yeah, like maybe he was cool and he just fell apart but there's no personality there he's just... like did she marry one of her friend's dads <laughs> it's possible because <laughs> There's a massive I mean, age difference, but yeah, it could be. She's just a definitely of like, like, you, like you look at her, you can tell she's sort of hot for her age, but yeah. she also just can't be as old as that dude, yeah. surely. Yeah. But that's classic Hollywood thing where women are always paired up with dudes that are like at least ten years older than yeah, them, exactly. just because yeah. of how it plays. You're not really allowed for some reason to have women that are of a certain age. You just got to age them down a bit. Mm. Uh, if they get to a certain age, they're playing crones or uh, yeah. grandmothers. Or Meryl Streep's or Sigourney Weavers. <laughs> or your Sigourney Weavers. Sigourney Weavers. Yeah, you typecast them into a Meryl Streep role. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought... <laughs> I genuinely thought that... Um, that, like... Yeah, that same 80s dude. I thought he would have his point where he comes around and joins the crew. Uh, the angry dude who got taken over at the start, you mean? Yeah, the one that gets fucked, genuinely end, yeah. fucked. Yeah, that was a very. Um, they made they they spent a, a decent. They made a good effort of making him a. a um, sort uh, of a tragic character. Yeah, a tragic, um, bad guy. Like, yeah. He, well, it wasn't at his, at his core an angry cunt of a person. Um, but he, but yeah, even before. Like everything else, the angry cunt is somebody that's created, not yeah. somebody that starts out that way. Yeah, and we got to see but, that, I suppose. And the only way you would ever really truly see that is actually going inside his mind against his will. So they did a good job in that sense because he's never going to just talk about that shit. Um, yeah. And the they show didn't fall so into far. the fast and furious kind of approach of the bad guy from last season is a good guy in this season because family. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, I call that the anime thing where once you yeah. beat the bad guy, the bad guy becomes your friend. Yeah, it's probably more appropriate considering the, the style of the show, but... Um, yeah, so the, he's... Is he the first, aside from Bob, hmm. the first main character to just straight up die? Uh, Bob. You got Bob, Bob, and him. Oh, yeah, Bob. Hmm. Bob less relatable because it's like yeah she didn't do anything wrong 
If she's only in it for about three episodes, yeah. Right? But at the same time, it's like no one gave a shit about it. Everyone loved Bob. Um, yeah, because I think Bob got like a lot of internet love for being like the just normal girl that got fucked over. Yeah, the awkward turtle kind of awkward. Yeah, duckling kind of girl who just got circumstantially kind of fucked over and never actually got saved. Um, yeah. She was the first instance of you going, oh, fuck, somebody can get taken into this place. Whoops. Well, that, this is the thing. This was... Um, I, f- I find between Stranger Things seasons, I forget how violent Stranger Things is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when all those people just like disintegrated of, into yep. a flesh pile that yep. then forms into the monster, I'm like, that's right, Stranger Things is violent. Oh, it's like, that's some Resident Evil level kind of fucking nonsense right there. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and we but I, am I, I? I mean, it's you know maybe this that flashback scene justified, of, but that flashback scene me, of Bob just getting eaten by that that dog thing, as well. You're like, oh god, that's right. He just literally just got his his chest ripped out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, amorphous bad guys are like the death of creativity. Mm. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. And I had that echoing in my head every time I saw this thing blob out and then turn into something. I was like, oh, this is not... Yeah, and it's it's great shift from... And, I mean, they even established that it's not the... Was it the Mind Flayer? It's not the Mind Flayer in this world. It's There is a gate open and mm. the Mind Flayer is creating, like, a copy of itself out of meat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was finding something that it could get its hands on and then just reconstituting it to serve its purpose. Um, but, um, it just doesn't. And it kept it. It would um, at the point where a human shell of a person no longer served itself as useful. It would it would goop them into the amorphous yeah. blob to make itself stronger because it's like well, okay, you're no longer actually useful as an entity because you're not effective yeah, and, and as they yourself. established it was just made out of gunk but you could yep. hurt it by cutting it with things yeah yeah it's, it's, and like guns shooting at it would hurt i think it. it's because it was still keeping that that uh that flesh and that uh everything actually alive by even though it was repurposing it it was still technically living tissue they, they never really established why it needed to eat all that fertilizer uh, I think it was to get its uh, nitrogen. I feel like across all of those things, the most common chemical on it was either chlorine or nitrogen. Or, um. Of zinc fertilizer, and yet it's nitrogen, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's what I think is that, that it breathed that shit. So if it just filled the bodies with that crap, then it would become. Uh, it would have the right chemical composition right, to turn it into it what it was from its world, because it wasn't. We're carbon based life forms. Is different than yeah. Yours. Yeah, no, it probably makes sense here. That's how I saw it anyway. The more I, more we watched it and more we realised, hang on a second, the re- and they kind of suddenly stopped doing it at a certain point. Like it, its first phase was to eat the shit out of any chemical that would create nitrogen mm. within itself and then it would just um, do it. Because you never saw um, angry lifeguard dude do that. You never saw him eat a shitload of gross crap and then did It, it never on. really explained why he didn't... I think it's because the Mind Flayer understood he was useful because he was strong and influential oh. or effective and he he could he was getting shit done from the get-go so he kept him alive and kept him as a vessel 
to move about the world Terminator style and just get shit done until yeah, such point and he's like, like completely challenged and was like okay well I'm then I'm just gonna rip you to shreds like all the others once he started to try and take Troll's body mm. um speaking of Terminator oh he's gonna say the Terminator the Russian yeah yeah genuinely enjoyed that but it was like oh it's very heavy yeah it's it's simultaneously fun and again the death of creativity so I don't really know how I feel about yeah. it like one instance of it like the first couple of scenes you see him playing that sort of like yeah okay you set him up as unstoppable but don't make him continuously essentially a Terminator character because then yeah they, I thought that introduced him, him as bit, the Terminator and then he'd move from there but he didn't he no, just was the Terminator he just stayed as that Russian Terminator whereas you, you want yeah. him to develop because if you want to bring him back in a later season potentially which they obviously wouldn't because they murdered the shit out of him um, yeah. you don't want to re ever relate to his um, his motives but you do want to at least um, enjoy watching him yeah mm. and like if he's yeah, unstoppable but he's a hundred miles away from the people he's trying to find who gives a shit yeah like yeah and they were inconsistent with how they were tracking what he was doing that showed like they were, they were tracking him quite regularly when those guys were on the road but until they um, confronted each other at the um, at the actual facility at the end, there was this massive gap between them being at the safe house and that dude hunting them down. Yeah, that's true. And it's just like, well, what are you doing? What's the point of even following him, following these other people, if you're not going to constantly have the reason that they leave these places every time, including that safe house, be him storming the place? Yeah. Also, this season, more than ever, I just wanted it to leave the kids the fuck alone and just follow the adults yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like well, um, they're genuinely the reason why it stopped like, yeah. the kids didn't know how to do was, deal with the root cause the entire thing was just like you know the, the kids I like trying it. and guessing yeah. right up to I thought the giant basement full of acid was going to come into play yeah, yeah, they didn't really do it, did they? Like, they didn't actually no, explain what it was. They didn't. It was. They went far enough to produce it, then to show what it did, then to show there was an entire room full of it, mm -hmm. and then but, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Mm. Like I, I thought, maybe they'd have to team up with the Russians to just dump a fuck ton of acid. I mean, if you're going full '80s kind of sci-fi, you would have had a, a, a part where the Terminator dude would have injected himself with a concoction of something from that and turned himself into a super soldier. Yeah, you're um, not wrong. Which would turn him into like a half-hybrid kind of creature thing from... Or, you know, you'd do something weird with it where his body would have become a portal to that place or something and got shot by the late... You could could have done so many different weird things with that stuff. Just turned him didn't. into the series' as Wesker. Yeah. Wesker. Yeah. It... I, I don't get where it's going to end up, but... It's, uh, as the internet suggests, it's like, mm, every season is about six months apart. This ends with about six months before the events of Chernobyl happens, and it ends in Russia. Um, <laughs> oh. So they think that the Russians do their same thing. What they, what they did in America, they'll do it in Ukraine and yep. in inadvertently cause Chernobyl, Chernobyl to happen. Yeah, and the Chernobyl facility is a cover. Yep. I mean... It's, I wouldn't uh, be mad about it. No, I, I'm for it, but yeah. 
as long as it's done. How do you wrap all the kids up into something that dark? <laughs> the, the, yeah, exactly. And that happens literally like 10,000 miles away. I mean, the kids never actually realised that a facility was... Oh, I suppose they did. They were brought into the plane, weren't they? Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean... It's... You, you think if the adults ever actually saw the size and monstrosity of that fucking creature that they would have ever left the kids in that mall to fight it? Well, the, the parents only left them because they understood that the kids had to were getting in the car to leave the mall. It just yeah. happened that the guy fucked the car up. But at I no don't know point if... did they actually see the repercussions of what those creatures looked like. They knew those creatures existed because they had fought them in the last two seasons as adults, but they never actually saw this giant goopy monster thing. No. Well, they did. They see the oh, um, David Harbour would have seen the like smoke of hole. version of it. Oh uh, yeah. In the massive hole in this house. Yeah, in mm. the like portal when she closed it. True. But um, I mean, if I, I, I I'm happy to keep watching to see where it comes from here. But it's it's one of those shows I'm not. I like it. I enjoy it. It is what it is. But you're not going to fanboy over it. No, and I don't hurry to watch it the second I know it's out. I'll definitely watch it first week. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm never in any hurry. Yeah, I literally, I just had a, a weekend where I was essentially in, uh, in bed, just doing fuck all. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna watch it. And I wasn't expecting to watch every episode, but shit happens. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that's the the point of this episode is shit happens. So that's been wired shut. Uh, has been I've been your host, Jesse. He's been your host, um, Logan. I have call. been your host, um, Logan. It's true. So um, hit us up in all the regular places Ooh. and uh, the Twitters, the Squarespaces. Uh, we are partners with uh, Mighty Ape now. So if you'd like to get something of Mighty Ape, hit up our website for a code to do a thing that, re- um, that enables follow you. the link through on our website and it'll, it'll it'll take you through on our referral links which will mean that we get credit partial credit for your sale yay um, honestly more proof that we are capable of that we don't really I think we we basically end up with the store credit I didn't really read all the details if we end up with the store credit it's going to be used to buy Funko Pops Funko just, Pops specifically yeah, I our, hate Funko Pops we're going to get our own versions of Funko Pops made oh yeah but based on our website personas um, which are terrible so, uh, so yeah uh, hit us up next episode for uh, the discussions of Travels it'll be a yep and, a d- unless a we episode. do another one before then well yeah exactly ideally we'll try to get one before We'll try to do a pre-Cambodia, post-Russian episode, and then a post-Cambodia episode within the next week. So, sounds like playing. Sounds like playing. Uh, that's our show. Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Okay. Bye, losers. <laughs> <laughs>